Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. You know, in the parable of the sower, Jesus spoke about a farmer who went out to scatter some seeds, and, and he started scattering, and some of the seeds fell on the road, some of the seeds fell in rocky soil, some of the seeds fell among thorns and weeds, and some seeds fell in really good soil. If you're like me, you've probably heard or read or heard preached on that parable dozens or hundreds of times. And odds are, you probably just skip over it or, or tell yourself, I already know the meaning of that or I already know the, the moral of the story. Well, I was recently challenged by a line in a book I was reading that said, do not assume that you are the good soil Jesus is talking about. And that really kind of made me pause for a second. Luckily enough, Steve Orsillo is my guest on the podcast this week, and so I decided to bring it up on the show. So that's what we're going to be hearing here in just a little bit. But before that, I'm joined by my friend Ryan Kelly. He's going to be one of the speakers at the Jesus Man Conference coming up on March 24th through 26th here in Oroville, California. And we're going to be talking to him about that conference and what he's going to be speaking on. You'll want to stick around for the end of the show where I tell you how you can get involved in that conference, how you can get some money off the registration, and just some general information about how to connect with the Uncommon Truth. So whether you're at the gym or doing some chores or just on your way to work, I really think you're going to enjoy what we've got coming up for you here on The Uncommon Truth. Well, Ryan, welcome back to The Uncommon Truth. Uh, good to have you back. We got yeah. a little bit more comfy chairs this time. Last time we were perched up on these big old stools. These now are nice. We're, now we're in some uh, IKEA, nice IKEA little <laughs> Art Deco armchairs here. These are the ones that Steve likes likes to sit in, and he's coming in a little bit later. So we're, we're all set up. You got a nice pink pillow for your back. Oh yeah, it's perfect. So for those of us who, uh, or for those listeners that haven't remembered or haven't listened, you can go back and listen to Ryan and Lisa Kelly. Uh, on the podcast, they were speaking on uh, on worship, and it was one of my favorite episodes to do. But uh, Ryan's actually a good friend of mine. He's my softball uh, fr- uh, coach, and I, I kind of stole his position <laughs> yeah. in our in our softball team. That's right. But you're the coach, so you can you can change it back anytime. So I better be careful. That's right. He's also a pastor here at the Father's House Church, though he all wasn't always. No. And uh, you're you're also the one who I didn't really know it, but you were the one I came to see get married back on uh, my first visit. So I I didn't know you then, but I came to to see your bride get married, and then I got to know you, and and it's been all all good since then. So how did you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for for people who want to go back to listen to your episode, you go into it a little bit more. But uh, give us a little short summary, like how did you come to be where you're at at the father's house? Yeah, my gosh. Well, thanks, Max, for having me. Um, yeah, that was, what, four years ago? Just about you guys came, and we started softball then, and it's been great ever since. Yeah. Yeah, my story, you know, it's uh, I've been in Oroville at the Father's House almost 11 years. Wow. I uh, it, it definitely was not a place I saw myself moving to or even going <laughs> to planning to live one day or have a family or raise a family. I think we, I think we have that all in common, <laughs> right? It's, it's funny how God works that out. You know, it's, I'm from the Midwest. You know, I grew up thinking I wanted to be a police officer, okay. eventually, you know, received Jesus in my life when I was 16, and uh, I, I went into ministry after that, you know, and, and eventually that, that led me to Oroville. 
Um, never thought I was going to be a pastor, never even really wanted to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. I saw it as such an incredible responsibility of just seeing my leaders, how, how much they treasured that, that position. Right. And when, when you call yourself a pastor, do you, do you really treasure that and value that with people looking to you with lives in your hand, you know? But, you know, I'm so glad I've pursued the course I'm on um, and growing in leadership here and, and now becoming a, a worship pastor with my wife and a pastor on staff here has been just an incredible honor and privilege and responsibility and absolutely love it. That's awesome. So we're having you on because we're doing a little bit of a, a series previewing the Jesus Man Conference yeah. coming up. Yeah. That's coming up uh, on March 24th through 26th. And I'm going to put all the information on how people can get registered um, in the show notes. Yeah. But you're going to be one of the speakers. I and am. so I wanted to ask you what you're going to be talking about and, and kind of hear a little bit of your story of learning what you're going to help other people learn. Yeah, thank you for asking. It's Again, what a privilege to be a part of this Jesus Man Conference. It's a big deal. I know uh, we're really looking forward to it. We got people um, coming from like England and <laughs> yeah. Canada and all over the place. All over the place. And we're really inviting anybody that wants to come and be a part of it to learn what it means to be a Christian man uh, in our culture today and what that looks like and how yeah. to actually achieve that, obtain that, you know. And so what I have the privilege of speaking on is something that I feel is so incredibly important to our Christianity because it's a pro- it's it's something that is a huge problem that we face today and really it, it comes down to our priorities. Hmm. And, you know, what is priority in your life? What's priority in my life? What takes my attention? What what really drives me, you know? And so I get to talk about this idea, uh, reality of throne in order. Okay. And, you know, as I think about it, there's there's one thing that, that, that we all share in common. That's we each have a throne in our life. Something that we put on the throne of our life that leads us, guides us, whether it's a person, whether it's ourself, Sure. Uh, whether it's fear, whatever it is, something drives us and influences. Something us. we're looking towards for, kind of for direction, and and we give it our time, our, exactly. our energy, money. Yeah, yeah. It's those priorities, those those things at the core of who you are that drive you, influence you, that dictate your behavior and how you live your life. We each okay. have a throne in our life, and in Christianity, is we have to ask ourselves the question: Is what is on throne on the throne of my life? Mm-hmm. Who's on the throne of my life? And it doesn't take very long to, to realize how important that is, because like I just said a minute ago, I became a Christian when I was 16. And for many years, I lived, honestly, a fruitless Christianity. I would say it was a feel-good Christianity, a selfish Christianity. It was one where I really followed myself. I, I enjoyed worship. I loved feeling God's presence. Yeah. I loved encountering God and hearing Him speak just encouraging words to me, you know? Yeah. But it wasn't a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week mm-hmm. Christianity. You know, it was really a Sunday morning, a couple night a, a week at my house of prayer sort of Christianity, yeah. you know, and so that one didn't bear a lot of fruit. I still had a lot of sin in my life. Mm-hmm. I was still trapped in, you know, sexual uh, sin. Yeah. Honestly, like a, like a lot of men out there are, even men that call themselves Christians, even men that are Christians with good intentions, but they just, for some reason, there's barriers, there's things holding us back, and yeah. it comes really down to is who's on the throne of your life. Who is dictating? Who is speaking truth in your life? Who is it that you're following? And so I get to present this topic. I get to really just kind of go into more detail. But, you know, it's it's meant to be where God, where Jesus Christ himself is top priority. Mm -hmm. He's on the throne. He's before everything. He takes first place in everything. You know, in in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is talking about 
do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. He says, seek first the kingdom, you know, and the kingdom is all about the king of heaven, which is Jesus. Right. And we're meant to put him first in our life. And after that, you know, it's as we explore this, we see that, yeah, God's first. And then after Jesus Christ is meant to be our spouse, we're meant to put our spouse before ourselves, but not above God. Right. Not outside of his okay, covering and protection cool. in our life. So I think I think that like that could have unending sort of ways to live it out, right? Just oh, yeah. learning those things. Cause you you go on to talk about what comes second, what comes third, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> you come last, right? As in your life, uh, you're like, hey, this is my life to live. But really, <laughs> New Testament Christianity is, uh, well, I guess it's because it, it goes the Lord and then your spouse and kids if you have them and then mi- yeah. ministry and then, right? And then all the way down to others yeah. and then yourself. There's a whole right? order in, and unfortunately and fortunate at the same time is we're last, you know? Mm-hmm. And we see that in, in embodied in Jesus Christ himself, how he lived his life in service of others. And what he calls us to be as leaders and as men is to lay down our life for those that we love and to put everybody else before us. And so your, your embracing of this, as this was taught to you and as you kind of put it into practice... And as you got married 100%. yourself, that's kind of been, that's been one of the keys that has led you to where you're at right now in your Christian walk, right? Being able to call yourself a pastor and a, and a husband, right? And, a, and somebody who's following Jesus. Oh, major key. You know, if I, you know, I had a hard time trusting people, hard time letting people love me. Mm-hmm. And until I could let another person speak into my life and where I could actually follow them and, and, and learn correction and have accountability in my life, um, and have fathering, spiritual fathering in my life. I couldn't follow somebody else. How can I follow Jesus on the throne of my life? I can't even follow another person in mm-hmm. front of me. I had to learn how to be a man, how to be a son, how to be a husband, how to be a friend, in order to really have a throne in order in my own personal life. Mm. That's in order. So yeah. So, I, so it's a simple concept, but it's one you're going to need some tools to sort of figure out, right? It's not one that you're like, okay, well, they just said it on the podcast, so I guess I I can skip the conference, right? <laughs> I think you're gonna, absolutely you're gonna want to come out and listen to the this guy speak, and and I've heard him on several occasions. It's a, it's a privilege to be your almost next door neighbor and play on <laughs> the same you. team as you, and and get to listen to you teach. And um, I'm gonna be at that conference too, and paying attention and taking notes. So uh, I appreciate having you on and and giving us a little preview. Yeah, thank you, Max. It's going to be epic, and uh, really looking forward to it. Cool. We'll see you there. Yep, see ya. Well, Steve, welcome back to The Uncommon Truth. It's really good to have you back on the show. It's been a little while. I've been missing it. Have you been listening? When I thought you didn't like me. Oh, man, that, that couldn't <laughs> be further from the truth. I know, I was just teasing. You're making, uh, well, I would say you're making me famous, but uh, that's I- not what it's all about. I think I stood you up one week, and then I've just been running. I've been running. Yeah. What yeah. have you been up to? I'm building a bathroom trailer for the Mud Run property. I have uh, some house flips that I'm doing to try to pay for the church expansion we're doing. Okay. And we're a little short of money, so I'm building, you know, trying to flip a couple houses to make money. Sweet. And so there's just so much. And then, yeah. of course, Mud Run season's on us. Yeah. So the Mud Run... The Mud Run, for those who aren't maybe regular listeners, um, the 
the Lord's Gym, which we, we provide volunteers for at the church, they put on a mud run every year. And uh, this year, for the first time, the adult portion of the run is going to be at, at this property that the church owns, which is awesome because that means you don't have to take the uh, put up the obstacles every year and then take them down. You can sort of make it bigger and better every year, right? And it's free. That's right. Yeah. So that's and that's why to celebrate it being on the first uh, the first adult run on the property and to celebrate the local community surviving every manner of of disaster that that could be thrown at it. We we had uh, the fire last year, had uh, the dam breaking almost and flooding a bunch of stuff a couple years before that. So this area has been through a lot, and and yeah. so we're just gonna throw at them a free obstacle course mud run right? we already have more signups than we normally have that's right so uh so yeah. you're working real hard to make that happen um oh yeah and who knew renting porta potties cost that much you would not if you knew how much porta potties were you would think twice next time we before you are bad no matter about how many bathrooms i build we're going to be renting the same amount of porta potties because when you make it free the whole right the bananas come out man <laughs> yeah. it's like crazy how many people come out of the woodwork so we're gonna we're gonna have a big uh, facility going on. Man, we seem to do a lot with a church of what, like two hundred and fifty people. I, I don't yeah, know a, a two hundred and fifty person. I'd give church. you two forty right 240? now. Two forty. Yeah, I, I, we can't we can't tell, but right. it's, you know, I'd say you know maybe two hundred and seventy people call us home and two hundred and forty show up every Sunday. Yeah, you know, still that's pretty good. Uh, we're expecting yeah. around fifteen thousand people if you combine yeah. runners and we're doing it over two weekends now so we yeah when so a kid's mud to. run has a thousand kids which it has it's going to have way more last it year had, was yeah last year 2, i think 000, it had two thousand something yeah. like that it was that was the goal and that was the target but that brings at least uh six thousand more mm-hmm. adults three adults per kid you know yeah. and it's 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 massive well i got i got to run with it last year because jovi my oldest she was a, a kitty cat princess because it's for kids. It's the like they dress up like superheroes, right? Yeah. So she wore a pink cape and uh, and cat ears and just whatever she thought looked cool. Well, my grandkids were spread out all over the day, and I had to run it so I didn't get to just run with a few of them. Yeah. And run twice, maybe for seven or eight, however many were here. I, I had to. They just were spread out all over the place. Yeah. And I'd be over. I had so much work. I mean, I'm constantly fixing things and doing things. And, I, you know, I go over and tapped on the shoulder and they, one of my grandkids is about to start and I'd have to run over and run with them. And yep. I was so beat after that mud run. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it would just be running alongside of yeah. her, but she's like, nope, she's not going through the culvert under right. the road That's, without me. You you did that? I crawled under, yeah. I'd say skip the culvert, honey, because I'm did, not going in there. I did double duty because oh. I wanted to get some good footage. With the, I'm the guy that carries a GoPro everywhere. Yeah, you're the good dad. And so I went, I yeah. went with her. You're the good dad. So we I got like some that. footage of her crawling through that. She's so cute. So oh if you if you find yourself around Oroville in the in the spring, the Ooh. kids mud run is going to be on the sixth of June. It's a Saturday, and the adult mud run is going to be on the twentieth or the thirtieth of, of May. Yeah. So the weekend before that, and uh, there's going to be all sorts of crazy things going on. We're not sure where we're going to park everybody, but Hey, no, we're why don't we just trust them. Jesus? We're going to fill that place up, man. It looks really cool out there anyway. So that's what that's what you've been working on. That's what I've been working on. And what, what have you been thinking about? What's been going through your mind? You've always got something on your mind. 
that yeah. you're mulling over? What's what's going on right now? Well, just you know, the church expansion, the food bank, uh, mm-hmm. the um, cells. Just I always I want to make room for um, the visions that we have. I don't ever want to make a vision come true. I want to make room for it. I want to clear the deck and sweep out the building and make it ready for the coming of the Lord, you know? And so we have these camp ideas. We have these men's, uh, men's conference ideas growing into a message to the masculine side of America. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to get them here to show them what standing up as a man to be counted with real Christianity, true Christianity really looks like. And so I, I want to keep making room for these visions to come true. I have ideas for a, a food bank to feed the entire county, mm-hmm. you know, to put food banks in every city. And so I, I have all these things on the table, you know. I had the Lord's Gym on the table for 14 years before it started, before it finally took off. And it's just been a phenomenal success. So I don't mind that it takes a while for everything. You God has to provide. I just want to, I want to be ready and not having just sat there and said, hey, I, I hid your talent under a rock because I knew, yeah. you know, I want to get it out there invested. I want to get it out there and have done something to be ready for when the Lord moves on something, like sends a leader that can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to do these kids camps. And I think we have leaders here now that can do kids camps, can do, can, we can, we could get together in a meeting and we'd have a million good ideas and we'd have phenomenal leadership and we'd have great business and we could do it now. I wanted to do a kids camp for 20 years, but we didn't have the people. I know a guy that, that used yeah, to run a kids I camp. I know that, you. <laughs> and so we I'm, that's what I'm saying. We have these people with master's degrees. I can't believe hardly I, how many times I find out someone else has a master's degree in our group. Yeah. You know, like, what? I You know, some guy says, I have a master's in mechanical engineering. And I'm like, a master's? Yeah, my, my boss has a master's from Cambridge. Yes, she has a master's from Cambridge, and <laughs> another one has master. a master's from Arizona State in higher yep. education. Yep. And so, you, you know, it's just I want to keep I want to keep pushing out the tent pegs. I want to stretch those people. You know, Sarah's the head of the business office with a master's in Cambridge. She's been Cambridge on the podcast in yep. geology, and so I just know that if you can do that in geology, you become a scientist at mm-hmm. Cambridge University. You could run a business office, even if when she first got there, she says, "Oh my gosh." I know nothing, but yeah, but you have, you know, one thing, how to learn. Yeah. You've yeah. proven you can learn. So let's just put you over here. You're going to be phenomenal. And well, that's, that's, she, and I, she truly is. I want to put that as a future episode. I'm going to talk about, uh, one of the things that really impressed me early on about, uh, the father's house and drew me into visiting and, and trying out the school was the amount that gets done with the amount that that's given right like the i mean you would expect the 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 amount of things going on here we just talked about uh, a mud run that's well underway to happening for this seventh year um the the church behind the church directly right now there's a big earth mover that's moving dirt so that we can move the wall back from the church and and fit more people we got a breaking ground on a food bank coming soon a food bank distribution center for the whole county all, like men's conference coming up in a month's time. I'll get more information on that. And, and we heard from Ryan about that too. And, uh, this youth, you'd workout, expect, you'd the, expect this place though, to have, you know, 15,000 people right. on a Sunday and four services right. and, right. and three campuses. But 
And you'd expect us to have a budget probably five times what we actually have. Uh, Our income is one, probably one twenty percent of what it would take to do what we do. I always want it to be one third, like do three times what you receive. Yeah, and and show the miracle power of God in working with you. When you work and you pay, you'll get three times done when God when you're moving with God instead of moving on your own or moving, not moving. You'll get three times the work done with God than you would have by yourself. So maybe, maybe that's, that's, what, a preview. that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? yeah. Preview of uh, just kind of in almost in the weeds a little bit of like, what, how do you structure a church? But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Oh, we're not. We're, we're here already to talk going, about, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, so I'm in the school of transformation. I found it really, it's just really thought provoking because um, it's, it's all about, it's all about transformation, right? That it's all in the name. It's about seeing something in in leadership and going after that. Seeing uh, seeing who Jesus is and who He meant you to be, and, and learning that, and then just kind of going after that. And in the last semester, I I reread Crazy Love by Francis Chan, and I had read that a long time ago. And you often say, you know, Francis Chan was one of the only people that you're like, I didn't know there's people talking or writing about this the same stuff that i was so anyway we it's it's part of the curriculum in the third level of the school so i read it and i circled something in there and i said i i think we need to talk to steve about this on the podcast and it was what he said was um don't so he's talking about the parable of the sower right where the the sower comes around he's and so we're out to my, sow some seeds, right? My uh, friends in Manitoba, they they laugh at this part because they're all farmers in Manitoba, Canada. They said, no, nobody scatters seeds like this. And you put them in a combine and you put them exactly in the right spot. And you put, but this guy wasn't careful. And he's throwing seeds on the path and he's throwing it in the rocks and he's throwing it among thorns and he's throwing it then in the right spot too. And so what, and we all know this if we're in Christianity for, you know, we've ever been to a Sunday school class. What Francis Chan said, he said, don't assume that you are the good soil. And that made me stop for mm-hmm. a second because I think I think most people in the West are with me on this one. Mm-hmm. When I read Jesus and he's and he's teaching a lesson to the Pharisees or to the disciples, I usually come at it from the side of like, oh, I understand. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to teach me Jesus. Let's teach these other guys. You know, like uh like I'm, I'm the one that already knows. Cause after all I've, I've accepted Jesus and, and, uh, I call myself his follower. Right. And so I'm always thinking if I'm not thinking, Oh, you stupid Pharisees or you stupid disciples, I'm probably thinking, uh, of my, my friend who might fit in, in the thorns category or my friend who fit on the, uh, the word that fell on or the, the seed that fell on the path. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, I just circled it because I think there's a lot of people that that are like me in that where if you're if you're not paying attention you just assume you're the good soil. I think that's that is a moment of sadness for me to so I try to avoid it, but I I meet so many people their Christianity doesn't work. And what Jesus could have put in place of sowers and seeds was Christianity that works, Christianity that works for a minute and then dies, Mm -hmm. Christianity that has great, phenomenal power and energy and just goes crazy, then fades out, Uh, and then the one that just dies before it even grows, and and then the one that 
falls on good soil and is watered and taken care of and becomes the seed that works. It's the seed that produces. It's the seed that has life. And I think that that would be a good way, you know, but Jesus said sower and seeds. And it's funny you're talking about the Manitoba people. They couldn't be more wrong. They're absolutely wrong. It almost makes me wonder if they've ever farmed to say that. Mm. Uh, here, you can drive up and down 70. They plant seeds from an airplane. Oh, yeah? Well, all that rice. Well, I don't know anything about fields, farming, so I just assume yeah, that. They plant from an airplane, okay. and they go right over the road. And the road has tons of seed on it, and it dies. Hmm. And so uh, if you were the cornfields over here on 162, they plant that from an airplane. Wow. I didn't the, know that. Yeah. All of the rice fields are planted from airplanes now. Seeds just flying everywhere. If it's even a breezy day, rice <laughs> seed is flying into the freeway. And I guarantee you, it's the thorny soil. It's exactly what Jesus mm-hmm. says. And and so um, a great deal of their seed, uh, they, they, they live on a loss of a certain percentage because they know exactly what Jesus said is true, yeah. that seeds fall on thorny soil and well, seeds fall on roads and seeds fall on good good the, right where they're supposed to fall and it really is a uh, phenomenal thing that everybody just right away assumes that's somebody else yeah. i'm the good seed and somebody else is this and i i i i get very sad i just went to my best just a really a former best friend uh, not only not because we don't walk together every day we we see each other at a store and we were best friends again for at mm-hmm. least that hour. I mean, just as best friends as you can be. And he passed away unexpectedly and I was at his funeral and he's just a magic man. I was there. That and, was an amazing yeah, funeral. Yeah. And all of the people around him, I look at all of the people he's touched and I knew right away he revolutionized this church and he left my church and went to that church with my full agreement that the Lord was sending him. And I knew his whole life that he was the whole time he was there. His mother works for me Hmm. and I um, knew that's where he belonged and he revolutionized the men's group of that church. All of the people I worked with, tile salesmen and everybody else, Mike, I can't tell you how many people from my company were at that funeral. There were salesmen, sold me products, uh, subcontracted for me. They weren't affected by me, but they were totally ch- They're involved in men's Bible studies. And I talked to them at the funeral and, and the next day, and they just told me how much he revolutionized their life, how much challenge he brought to their life. And when I knew them, when I was buying, and he wasn't over there, when they weren't in that Bible study with him, they were, I mean, it was clear. They had a Christianity that didn't work. Their Christianity was basically phony. And and when they are talking to me about him and what he challenged them to, their Christianity is real. Mm. I could tell their Christianity is working in their life in a way that it had never worked before. They had faith. They had dedication. They had a belief that, yes, you sell all that you have. To, so this to is, you're describing the good soil. I am. Right. And they were not. They were seeds on the rocky path. Until they met. They had a they Christianity that did not work. And then he came in just busting them all up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He just, I mean, he was, he just walked right over your doubt. He'd walk right over your sadness. And the he only just, time I ever met him, he was delivering a truck full of presents to kids for our gift of hope. Yeah. And uh, and I still remember. I, and he I was met quiet him for 10 and demure, minutes. right? <laughs> no, nope. <laughs> he's loud uh, and boisterous. And it left an impression on me. So 
I think I think that's what I wanted to get to is when you see the 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 seed in a good in good soil. Yeah. You know it, right? Absolutely. And yet we can and it, still and it produces like, seed in good soil. What does a tomato plant produce? It fruit of tomatoes and seeds for more tomatoes. Right. It always produces more good fruit. It always produces more good seed on good soil. And and you could just watch my friend over there at that church. They are those men are missing something incredible in their life when he died. And and in in my life I, I couldn't reach those men, but look, I've reached these people. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to assume that. I every day say, Lord, heal my wrong thinking. I want to be good seed on good soil. I want to produce fruit that remains, not just not just any old fruit. I want fruit that remains. I want fruit that produces fruit. Seed that produces seed. That's what I want in my life. And and I it's just a sad thing for me to the, yeah. there's so many people whose door is closed because hey, I believe. No discussion of what does believe mean. Is your Christianity producing what Christianity promises to produce? Yeah. Can you go through adversity and maintain your joy? Can you go through adversity and not lose faith? Can I mean, we have had the most butt-kicking thing go on around here that the devil <laughs> yeah, can produce in a lifetime. And I could I can't I can't even use one hand with my fingers to name it. If people want to go back and listen, you can listen to your podcast with your wife Vicky about overcoming adversity. adversity. And uh, that's our most listened to episode. So if you don't know what he's talking about, go back and, and talk about that. Yeah. But listen to that. But at the same time, you're sitting here just with a smile on your face, excited <laughs> about what's around the corner. I'm so about, excited about what God has in our life. Right? I don't know how many days I have left, but I'm excited about how every one of them. And I and I and I'm in a losing streak. I've had so many dents and bruises in my life lately. I've had so many mistakes, so many, you know, things that were so avoidable that happened to me. And I always think, you know, those during these seasons is when you find out are you good fruit? Do you, is your root deep in the soil? Is my faith even one iota diminished by the incredibly negative things that have happened to me over the last three years, five years, even well, even the crash of the economy 10 years ago. I have had massive takeaways, you know, things that just took away from me. And has my faith even an iota diminished? Has my joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness gone away? Has my love for the Lord or my belief that he loves me, my joy in worship, has it diminished? Have I sat down and said, I can't worship you. I'm disappointed in the turnout of my existence or the turnout of my circumstances. Mm. Or have I said, I don't understand, but you're the Lord. I already decided you're good. We don't have to rehash that conversation. You are good. I love you. And I'm with you. Come hell or high water. I'm with you. Live in, I get to live in a great house, or if, but if I lived under a tree, I'm with you. Hmm. And I think that is the evidence of the seed on good soil. And it saddens me when I, well, you know, I have a class on Wednesday that all of the school is at. Mm-hmm. And I try to keep my staff members in that class. And then I finally release them for work reasons. And, and I try to keep them in there to hear the message of the Father's house over and over and over. And I ask them all the time, how many of you have had in your life a Christianity that does not work? And then defined by these things, you know, you don't have the joy, 
You don't have the answers. You don't even understand what he's saying. Confusion. Things like that. Confusion yeah. exists in your life. You, you, you have developed a belief system that just flat doesn't work. And it's shocking. Uh, in your life, you've had that in the past. And it's shocking. A hundred percent raise yeah. their hand. A hundred percent raise their hand. And I think most, most people listening, if they were, if, if you ask them, like, have you experienced that at some point in your Christian life? I think that would be, if not a hundred percent, it would be vast majority, yeah. right? Yeah. I personally would not raise my hand. I met him on March 10th, March 10th, 1975. And I was full go from that moment on. Hmm. And I have not turned back. And I've just said... What Francis Chan said in Crazy Love, shouldn't we just listen to Jesus? Yeah. Read what Jesus says and do that. Yeah. And I I cried when I read that sentence in his book because it felt like just that that message had been lost. And it's the only message that produces the fruit of good seed in good soil. Listening to Jesus. It's G- listen just to Jesus. what he says. Hear these sayings of mine and act upon them. That's it. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow Jesus. So what's getting in the way for people? Because, I mean, if if so many people are raising their hands that they have lived that, and, and I talk to people all the time that that they that's their experience. So what are these other, like, is it is it rocky soil? And what does that mean for today? Is it thorny soil? What does that mean for rocky today? Rocky soil is generally, the, these cares of the world is different. That's the weeds choking. Yeah. That's just a deceiver, like like Satan with Eve or Satan trying with Jesus. It's kind of like a wooing, but okay. the hard soil is more like it's it's really the things that you were told are true that aren't, and you put your trust in a non-true version of of Christianity, and you and your your roots won't take, and pretty soon you say, "Been there, done that. I tried it. It isn't true what they say." Mm. When the truth is, you just got deceived into believing the truth is wrong, and and it and it doesn't work. It's not like patting you on the head and saying, "Well, okay, okay, you don't believe what's right, but we'll let you slide on that." So, so that would be like somebody saying, for example, uh, just name it and claim it, and and you believe that. Like, so say you've got a like, say the Lord wants me to have a jumbo jet. And, and so I'm going to claim that. And if you actually believe that and it doesn't happen, then you might, might just say, all right, well, I guess this Christianity thing isn't for me. Yeah. That's extreme. That's like a caricature, but but it's a very good picture. The problem is in the, it doesn't take the jumbo jet. It takes new genes. I mean, yeah, they come in the church. I mean, the prosperity message, there's so many name it claimants. There's so many of those messages that even if the guy's teaching it right, the perception going out the door is wrong. Yeah. And they have a Christianity that if you tithe, you'll receive 10 times more. That isn't true. If you tithe, it will go well with you in the land. You will reap your harvest in due season. Well, who says what due season is? See, that's a truth that has like, it's pretty good to look back on my life and see my due seasons. It's pretty cool. But if I was told that if I give a dime, I get a dollar, then uh, that's like a vending machine. It doesn't take long losing those dimes. Before I say, I'm not putting any more dimes in there because you don't get the dollar, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It doesn't promise that. It says that, so that it might go well with you in the land and that your harvest will come in in due season. Right. And, and, you know, and the, your rain will come in due season. And 
I, I just don't tithe for that reason either. I tithe because as a Christian living by grace, I owe him everything. And as a token, I give him 10%. And I don't give him 10%. I, I, give, I give all. Yeah. And But that's why I ever tithed or required it was to teach faith to people. Right. If you can't afford to give 10%, give it anyway and watch what happens in your life. You're not going to get 100% back. You're going to be blessed and you're going to be good and you're going to look, wow, we're doing well. Mm-hmm. We're fine losing 10%. Because the ten percent was lost in honor of God to give to Him honor for the hundred percent we owe Him. Yeah, and um, pretty soon your finances work. Pretty soon you start to see things happening that are there because you did this. I don't, I can't remember. It's not clearly on my mind right now. But how many things in my life I've done that are still producing fruit to this day. One's a kid's camp in Washington, but there are so many others. There are so many others where my effort was just not, it really didn't change the world, really didn't, you know, there was no ears opened or blind eyes seen. The lame weren't climbing up out of their wheelchairs. No, I was breaking rocks with a ball peen hammer, man. I yeah. was, I was laboring and giving and serving for the love of Jesus, just purely out of love, doing something uh, that I felt He wanted me to do. And now, thirty, sometimes forty years later, I that's still going on. I left it; it kept operating. People are still blessed today because seed on good soil produces the fruit that creates seed to go on good soil so that it can produce more seed to go on good soil. And when you have that in your life and you look and you go, wow, everything I built there is still going. Everything I built over there is still going. What we did here is still reaping benefits. It's like, man, this is good soil. And I want the evidence to tell me I'm on good soil, not just decide because I chose right. to decide, hey, I'm good soil. I'm good seed on good soil. No, I want to look at the harvest and say, okay. Well, and, that and is good true. soil takes work too, right? Like, oh, good you, grief. you can't just say once, you know, once it's, it's good soil once, so it'll just be good soil for forever, right? It's, it actually takes, you have to work it, you have to, Learn when to leave it. You got to learn when to switch it up. I mean, that's right. So, you know, there's another parable. Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. Any branch in me that bears good fruit, my father will lift up and feed. He will lift up and care for and prune and, mm-hmm. and, and cause you to bear good fruit that remains. And so it's, you know, it's not a difference. It's not an addition to, it's just it's kind of a parallel of a lot of the work is you abiding in him so i abide in him by doing what he tells me to do i abide in him by running out to say i i accept the privilege of serving him with the labor of my life with the money with my energy with my time and that's the work of abiding in him for me is knowing his words hearing his words acting upon them and that for me is my abiding And so the work of producing fruit is more the father's work to the abider. Hmm. The soil, it falls on good soil. It grows up. 
the seed doesn't reproduce unless the farmer takes that fruit and makes it seed. So the work is the farmers, and in our in the parable, the father would be the farmer. Mm-hmm. When you marry it to the bite in the vine, any branch in me that bears good fruit, my father will cause it to bear more fruit and healthy fruit, and the vine will be made healthy. And this is the outcome for me that I look at and I say, man, I mean, I don't get to escape getting old. I don't get to escape getting tired. I get to escape despair. I get to escape sadness and sorrow that lingers. I will be sad for a day, but I, my sadness will not linger because I have fruit of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I mean, just blam, man, all over. And I have the ability through this faith and fruit to endure hardship to see adversity. We're surrounded by adversity and our joy is not diminished. We are still incredibly faithful in our actions and incredibly faithful in our belief and our trust in him. Let's just trust the Lord, we say all the time. He is good. It lo- It's dark. I love Anthony Campolo's sermon. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Right. It was some other guy's sermon he stole. So, uh, it, I mean, it's just a marvel. It's a marvelous concept. It's Friday and Jesus is on the cross. The clouds are gathering. The mm-hmm. thunder is, is going. The, the bad people are thriving. They seem like they're in control. But don't worry. It's only Friday because Sundays are coming. Yeah. And Sunday, the grave is empty. Won't you come and see? I mean, it's powerful, powerful idea that we're not supposed to be controlled by Friday when the nails are being hit and the whip is being swung or the, and the thorns are being fashioned into a crown. We're not supposed to be affected by Friday. We're supposed to be in celebration and glorious growth because Sunday's come. The light, my, behold, my light has come. So what, what's the... what? I mean, how do you how do you switch that between being somebody who is, you know, like just understanding that, hey, maybe I'm maybe I'm not actually the good fruit or the good soil producing the good fruit that I thought I was. How do you how do you make that switch after after kind of like, man, I just having that realization? There's nothing harder and there's nothing easier. Hmm. Religion is the worst dope there is. I have heroin addicts we've helped. I mean, I got pastors, former heroin addicts who are pastors on my staff. Yeah, we talked to one last (laughs) week. Heroin is not the problem. Religion's the problem. Mm. I got a pastor, a religious pastor on my in my ministry right now that I'm trying to help. And I guarantee the hardest thing on earth will be breaking him from religion. Mm. I've had PKs, preachers' kids come here addicted and they're almost impossible. Hmm. They they light up for a minute. They they flourish, like you know, and then the weeds just choke it out. Because their religion, they have they have had so much experience with religion that does not work. A faith based on a non truth that was told to them to be true, 
so many fake miracles, so many people um, saying something happened that didn't happen, proclaiming or hyping uh, supernatural, and uh, they just they just fade away. And I, it's so hard to overcome religion. And, but if you want to and can, it's so easy. You put away, you stop reading everything. You just stop letting your brain be taught by anybody, even me. And you pick up that Bible, a real good translation, not a living word, not a, not a, not, not a, uh, um, yeah, you paraphrase, right. but a real translation, like, in my opinion, like, New American Standard Bible, and you just read the Gospels, and you let the truth change you. You don't read them to f- try to make them say what you want. You don't read them to make them prove you're you right. You read them to let them teach you and show you and let Jesus take you by the hand. I can promise any man alive who will just do what I said. It's so hard to shut out all the world's teaching, including your pastor. I don't care who you're talking about. I was the pastor of the church when Jesus told me to do it. Hmm. And it was marvelous. I was already the Jesus man. I already only preached Jesus. But what I realized when I finally just dedicated myself to reading Jesus, read letters, man. I read the Gospels four times. I read the Revelation over and over. I read... The, the first part of Acts where Jesus is speaking, and I just, that's what I read, where Jesus is speaking. And it was just, wow, have I missed the boat? Hmm. And I'm the Jesus man, and yeah. I've missed the boat. I was a Jesus freak in the Jesus movement, and I missed the boat. I think you said, oh, something you said in the first sermon I ever heard you preach in person when I came to visit, um, you said, imagine imagine you had just this scripture that we were you were talking about, I think uh, we were in the early part of Matthew, and that was a couple years ago, and now we're getting close to the end of Matthew, which right. is the detail that you go into. But um, you said, imagine you just had the book of Matthew, and you're stranded on a desert island, and you had to make your own church. What what would you think Like, what would you think the church should be like following Jesus after this? And I, I don't know, that's stuck in my mind. Like, imagine you didn't have these well, this is how the church I grew up in did it, or this is how the church a thousand years ago did it, or this is how the church in this country did it. Right. Right? Imagine you just had to say, well, what is what does Jesus say, and now let's try to do it. And I think I think that's like a big, a big key. Yeah. If you, you know, let it change you instead of you trying to make it, so basically you change it to fit mm-hmm. you, you just let it say what it says and say, okay, I never want to disagree with the Bible. I never want to read in the words of Jesus anything and say, well, I don't I do not do that. Uh, give to any man that asks. Oh, I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I, don't want, I don't ever want to say that. And so when I read it, I knew that was my attitude even, but I was just reading over stuff. If I don't like it, I just move on to the next verse. But if you start reading Jesus you'll have a Christianity that works. If you'll respond to it and not read over it and let it say what it says, it's he who overcomes will be given the white stone of redemption. That's what he says. Will be given the white stone of redemption. Max, I want my white stone. (laughs) I want it. To him who perseveres to the end, I will give him a robe of righteousness. I want 
my robe. To him who overcomes, I will write his name in my book. I want my name in his book. I don't want to accomplish something, be king. I don't want to be acknowledged. I want to be with him. I want his robe of righteousness, his white stone, and I want my name in his book. I'm in love with Jesus and somehow got caught up in religion of Christianity where you're worried about life insurance, you're worried about annuities, what are you going to do when you retire, who's going to feed me, who's going to take care of me. If I don't hoard my money, I can't give to any man that asks, let him get his own. Mm -hmm. If I end up with a Christianity like that, there is something wrong with what I've been reading. When I read Jesus, I am not allowed to be that. That's the fruit of the seed on good soil. Jesus is the good soil. I can become the good seed by taking Jesus's words, marrying them together, seed and soil. And fruit produces, abiding in the vine, producing good fruit and re reproducing good fruit. Hmm. Reproducing good fruit. Reproducing good fruit. I, have, I mean, I marvel at the fact that this dumb carpenter, he has used over my lifetime so many things you're, you're talking about yourself as Absolute the dumb, car dumb carpenter, carpenter right man. not jesus <laughs> an uneducated dumb carpenter like me yeah. can just go out and be used by jesus and just marvel at it and say how does he do this how does he do this this passion in my heart i might have had a little but what you see today came from him hmm. i he might have multiplied my passion my love for him it was a selfish love at first, but it was a love. And he multiplied that. He expanded that. It grew. Talk about a tenfold return or a hundredfold return. It's those kind of things that you look at to say, hmm, my Christianity is still relevant. It's still true. It works I, in the face of adversity. It, it, it just produces good fruit. And I know this is him. I give my all and I don't deserve anything in return. And he gives me more in return than I ever gave. And I don't deserve it. I'm just so glad how gracious he is. I am shocked by it. But that's really so down to the nutshell answer to the, the sower and the seed is, does your Christianity work? If your Christianity works to produce what he says it should produce, then maybe you're, you're a good seed on good soil. The second criteria, does your seed produce more seed to produce more seed? Can you look after time to watch your seed produce seed? And are those seeds on good soil? That's the second, to know your Christianity, that you're this good seed on the good soil. The answer to how, if you recognize you're not, how do you do it? Man, Do a fall into a mosh pit of Jesus. Hmm. Let your life be consumed by the teachings of Jesus the Christ. Read what he says and let it change you. And this is a pretty good place to do that if you want to start. Well, come on, man. We got a school of ministry starting next week. You can get here. Yep. Call well, me. We'll, Call me. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll get you here. I'll help you. I'll I'll I want you here. And so we we next week, man, we start a school of ministry. Come join us. 
And if you uh, if you're a man and and you're like, man, okay, well, I'd like to, I'd like some of that same passion and peace and and drive that I hear. I mean, it's coming. I can I can feel I'm four feet away from you, and it's blasting me against the wall. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure people in podcast land can hear that. And if that's you, I hope so. Hey, sign up for the Jesus Man Conference. I'll put a link in the in the show notes. We heard Ryan talk about it. So, uh, yeah, it's it's here. You got the answers, and and the answer is Jesus. We're gonna lead you to Him. So, thanks, Steve, for your time. I appreciate it. We won't oh, make it man. so long next time. So I long want it between. To be long. Oh, so, so so long between episodes. I want to be here every week. Yeah. So I'm raring to go. All right. I love talking about Jesus. You want to talk about Jesus? I love talking about Jesus. All right. I think he's ready to record another episode. We might just have to switch topics. Let's go, man. Let's go. And and we'll see you again next week then, I guess. All righty then. Thanks, Steve. Thank you all. Well, thank you for joining us on what's been a little bit longer of an edition of The Uncommon Truth. It was all really good stuff, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you did enjoy it and you're new to the show, I would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review on either iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the show. It just helps boost our ratings so more people can find the show and hear what we're talking about. While you're doing that, scroll down into the show notes and you can find where I've put links to the Jesus Man Conference along with the dates. And if you put in the the promo code podcast at at the link there, you'll be able to sign up and get some money off your registration. The dates again for the Jesus Man Conference are March 24th through 26th here in 2020, and it's going to be happening at the Father's House Church in Orville, California. If you want to see what it's all about, you can head over to JesusManConference.com. In those show notes, you're also going to find ways you can contact me. You can let me know what you've thought of past episodes or give me an idea for a future one. I'd love to hear from you. And we've got lots of other content like sermons and testimonies that you can check out while you're waiting for the next edition of The Uncommon Truth. So thanks for joining us and making us a part of your podcast routine, and we'll see you next time here on The Uncommon Truth.